heart, and some of this might be um, um, familiar to you because this is something the Lord is speaking, so I'm going to say it again. But the Lord is just speaking this again. Maybe it's a new crowd and you need to hear it. But the Lord is doing something new in this land. Amen? And he's about to do um, something new in a greater way. And please excuse me if I step from side to side. Sometimes we are losing frequency because we're dealing with stuff. So, um, but... Yeah, God is about to do, and he has begun to do something new. And um, we're going to talk about that tonight just a little bit so that we know what to expect, amen, and so that we are prepared and ready and open to what he has. You know, in the word of God, he talks about his new wine. He talks about his latter rain, amen, and he talks about his greater glory. All of these things are something new, something we have yet to experience before. You know, you've got the day of Pentecost, then we even have the old time tent revival, healing revivals, moves of the spirit. But those are all things of the past. And God's a creator, amen? And so he's always creating and he's always doing something new. And so what God wants us to do is this this evening, he's already done it on his own, but he wants us to take the box top off. Stop limiting God. Stop limiting God into this way that he has to move or it's not him. We know you're here, you're training, you're at the school of the spirit, you're training to perceive, to know when the spirit of God is moving, when the spirit of God is talking to you so that when he moves in a new way, it doesn't uh, get you too uncomfortable because you're familiar with who he is. Amen. And so um, we just want to be familiar, and we don't want to put the box on God. We want to know that, or we want to share with you and encourage you that God is going to do a new thing, and he says it in his word. Haggai 2.9, he talks about the latter rain. He says, the glory of the latter temple, talking about us or talking about the church, depending on how you look at it, the glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former temple. In other words, when something's greater, it probably is going to look different, isn't it? It's probably going to look bigger. It's going to look greater. It's going to have a bigger effect. Um, There's going to be some change with it. And sometimes people don't like change. You know, um, sometimes that gets us uncomfortable or we get worried or we get fearful or whatever, but God is about to get some people uncomfortable in this world. And, um, if we're watching for, if we're looking for it and we're expecting a greater move and expecting a latter rain, then we're going to be ready for it because we're aware that he's moving in a new way. Zechariah 10.1, he tells us, ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So there's a greater rain, a greater glory that's way bigger than the former glory. How many of you know that back in the day, the, the Holy Spirit would speak to the prophets and he'd speak to, to the prophets for the kings, but we're in a whole different dispensation. We are in a different dispensation where the Holy Spirit is not only with us, he's in us, and he can speak to us, and he can speak through us, amen? And so this is an exciting time. That in itself is a greater way and a greater move of the Spirit. But we need to be expecting as we look at the word, as we look at the different moves of God that there have been, We need to be expecting even something new. 
And be aware that it can be God even if we have not yet seen it before. Amen? So we need to understand what we're asking for when we're asking, Lord, we want more. Lord, we, we ask of you, Lord, to reign in the time of the latter reign. We ask you, Lord, for your greater glory. What we're asking for, we might be unfamiliar with. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be aware that it can and will look different because the word of God says it's different, it's greater, it's bigger, it's a, his latter rain is greater than the former rain. And so we should be expecting greater things, bigger things happening in these last days as we seek his face. Hallelujah. Um, so we want to take that box top off and just not limit God. In Acts 2.17 um, he says this, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Well, right there already, it's different. Already, because back in the day, like I said, he would anoint the prophets. And that's it. And they, everybody would have to wait for the prophets to hear from God. But in the latter days, he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. Why? Because the spirit of God isn't only on the prophet, but he's on each and every one of us. If we have accepted Jesus, if we have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've got it. We've got what it takes to have dreams, to have visions, to have revelations from heaven, to have encounters with God, and to be used by God. Amen? So already, he says, in the latter day, it's going to be greater than the former. How? Because now, he's not just choosing to anoint the prophets. He is pouring out his spirit upon all people. That is exciting. And I'm glad that you and I say, that's me. That's me. Yeah. That includes each and every one of us. So... The way he is moving isn't just going to be the way he moved in the past. We already see that in the word. But we need to also not limit him to the way he moved in the past revivals. Um, in the past revivals, and I want to encourage you here, and I don't want to discourage you, you might be seeking the Lord, and um, you might want to be somebody, and that's good, and that's fine. You want to be somebody for the Lord, but it's for the Lord. It's not for your glory. It's for his, okay? If it's for your glory, it's not going to go anywhere anyways. So anyways, in the past, God would anoint different evangelists, different um, prophets of God, and he's still doing that today, don't get me wrong, but he's going to do a new thing. It's not just the, the super anointed, um, power-filled evangelist that's going to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. No, he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters can prophesy. Your old men can dream dreams. Your young people can have visions. Every single servant of God in this last day is going to be used by God in a powerful way. Amen. And so this is really awesome because it really goes with the dream that my brother had. And he's going to share that in a little bit. But God wants to use you. We need to not take a back seat to, to not allow God to use us. We need to step up and come to the forefront of this move of God. What is this move of God? It's something new. This world has not yet seen it. We've always come to a place, and, and don't get me wrong, God sets up prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers for the edification, the building up, to lay a foundation, to protect you as sheep, you know, so you need that. But God, in this last day, when you come, you're getting equipped to go and do. 
You're getting equipped to spread the word, to shine the light for everyone to see. So God in this last day is going to do something new. It's not just a just anointing, that special evangelist or that special prophet with that super awesome power of God. He is charging up his body. He is raising up the sleeping giant. Amen. We are shaking ourselves loose of this world and we are telling God we want nothing else. Lord, nothing else matters but you. When we yield ourselves in that way, he can use us. I don't want to rhyme, but in that very day, that moment you can surrender to the Lord is the moment he can truly use you. Hallelujah. Habakkuk 2.14 says this, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. Hallelujah. In that, in that day of Pentecost, they were all in the upper room, 120 of them, a little bit more than what were here. And they're in the upper room, and they came to the point where they were like, Lord, we want nothing else. Nothing else matters but you. We want to focus on you. We want to focus on your plan, your purpose, and your agenda. God, just fill us up so we're so consumed with you so we can go out there and let the world know who you are. That was their focus. And guess what? Just 120, the word of God says, turned the world upside down. Amen? And if he was doing that then... And he says the latter rain will be greater than the former. If he says that he's giving us new wine in this day, if he says he's pouring out his spirit upon all servants, then guess what? We can be expecting to be used by God if we'll yield in that same way. We, don't, we should not be ruling ourselves out. God needs every single one of us. That's how the whole earth is going to be filled with his glory. It's not just him pouring out some magical, and it is magical because sometimes we get to see it and it's really awesome and it's like a smoke fills the room or liquid uh, glory, you know, we could see in the spirit. It's really, really awesome. It's not magical. It's powerful, okay? But it's not just him pouring something out. It's you being filled with him and the whole earth is coming to the knowledge of the glory of the Lord because the children of God are getting filled with the glory of the Lord. And they're coming to the knowledge of it because you're a walking manifest child of God. And that's why they know about him. It's because you're manifesting the glory of God wherever you go. That's how the whole earth. So the two things that we need to know about this something new, about something that God is going to do is number one is it's going to look different. And we need to be expecting that um, it might not look like the day of Pentecost. It might not look like those um, healing revival, you know, type of evangelism. It might not look like we have it in our mindset. The moment you have a mindset of how it's going to look, it means that you've put God in a box. Don't even like he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are so much bigger. He has some big ideas of what he wants to do in this last day and age. And he gives us some clue. And part of the clue is it's going to be different. It's going to be something new. And it's going to be greater than the former. Isn't that exciting? So, I'm sorry, I have a hair. <laughs> that is weird. Okay. Luke 5, 37 through 39. This is the second thing we need to know. 
If we want that something new, how many of you, you're saying, Lord, I want more of you, Lord. I want something new. I want to be a part of that last great move of the Spirit of God, this last great day and this last great revival. If that's you and you say you want that something new, you're aware that it's going to be different. You're aware that it might, you know, um, take some, some sacrifice on your part. So this is what the Lord is saying. The second thing we need to understand is written in Luke 5, 37 through 39. It says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored into new wineskins, but no one drinks, no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old wine is just fine, they say. In other words, God is not going to fill you if you're content with where you're at. God cannot fill you with the new and with the greater outpouring of his spirit and with the more that he has for his body if you're comfortable with where you're at. Because he says those who are hungry and thirsty in Matthew 5, 6, they will be filled. Okay, your vessel needs to be like a new wineskin. You need to be ready and prepared for him to pour out that something new or that something new is going to burst you. You're not ready for it. How do we get ready for it? How do we prepare for that? He says, he says he wants to pour out his spirit. He's going to do this new thing, but the only ones who are going to be able to take it is those who have new wineskins. What is he talking about? So... (laughs) With that latter rain, with that greater glory, with that new wine, whatever way you want to word it, okay, you're not going to be able to contain it if you're not preparing your flesh. If you're not late, you're saying, God, I want nothing else, then, then forsake this world. He says to take up his cross and follow him. He says those who lay their lives down and lose their life for my sake, they will find a real life hidden in Christ Jesus. Our real life in Christ Jesus is found when we're willing to say, Lord, I don't want anything else. You know, I, I can say that at one point in my life, as much as I love my husband, I can say that my husband and my family were, were the thing that I was like, I won't let them go. I won't let them go. And guess what? Not that... Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Not that the Lord would make me let them go, but that was my fear. That was what was holding me back. I wasn't willing to even lay them down. That even if God were to ask me, like Abraham giving up Isaac, if even if God were to ask me to go here or go there, I just wasn't willing to do it, to leave my family. Until I'm willing to lay down any and every single thing And understand, God gives you every good and perfect thing. He's not going to rip it away. But for some reason, I had that fear in me. And so I had yet to lay my whole life down or all my desires or all my passions down before the Lord. And then he couldn't use me fully because I didn't give it all. 
God wants us to give it all. Guess what? And I'm not even telling you the Holy Spirit can tell you that if he wants to, but the disciples, I mean, they got extreme. They started selling their houses, um, maybe selling their donkeys. I don't know. They started selling everything, and everybody benefited from it. They had this community of believers that just all had everything that they needed because they just totally sold out and got radical for they got radical for Jesus and his plan and his purpose. And I'm not saying we're in a different age and everything like that. But what I am saying is if God's asking you to lay something down or you know in your heart there's something that he's been asking you to lay down, lay this down, lay this down, and you're telling, Lord, I want nothing else. I just want to be used by you. I just want to be used for your glory. Lord, fill me with your new wine. And he's like, wait, but there's something there and it's like a cork and it's just stopping it up and I just can't fill you up to overflowing because you just won't give me your family. You just won't give give me your children. You just won't give me your, your finances. You won't yield to me in this way or that way. And we need to realize that's part of that old wineskin. God wants to so much more than we want it. He wants to fill us up. But are we being obedient to what he's asking of us? Each one is totally individual. Each one of us is different. Like I said, many years ago, the Lord spoke to me about what he had for me. Many and I know my number one thing, my response, because I had just gotten married not too much before that. I was in Argentina, and I was ministering. And I knew already since I was a young girl what God had for me. But I was in Argentina, and this man, he was an awesome minister of the gospel, and he had raised the dead and all kinds of stuff. And he was from Colombia, but he was ministering in Argentina along with me and my parents. And I was there just with the ministers, and I was going to minister to some smaller churches, um, which smaller churches are like hundreds of people there. It was pretty awesome. But um, on Sunday, they were going to travel me around, and I was ministering at three different churches that Sunday. But anyways, I'm there with the different ministers, and this awesome man of God's up there, and he's speaking in Spanish. So I couldn't understand anything, but I had an interpreter sitting next to me, so it was awesome. So he's up there speaking. He stops in the middle of his message. He points in my direction. He's like, you, stand up. And I'm not patting myself on the back right now, but I'm showing you something. He said, today in my prayer time for this service, I saw you and you had a ministry airplane and you were getting on it. And I didn't even get to finish. I didn't get to hear it because the, the interpreter, he's like, you, you, he's talking to you. And he starts telling me what he's saying. But I went out under the power of God. I mean, it was a cement floor. There's no catchers in Argentina. So I went out. And I don't know if I like really, really went out because of that. But whatever the case, I was fine. Um, but I was out under the power of God. And the Lord was speaking to me and ministering to me, showing me what he had for me. I already knew it. It was just a confirmation of what God has what he had told me, but my, my response in the spirit was, but Lord, what about my kids? What about my husband? And the Lord's like, don't worry about it. They have their place. Don't worry about it. And I don't think I really fully gave him my family that day. Do you know that we are the ones who get in the way? God's always ready to fulfill his word. When he speaks it, that settles it. This is a done deal. I'm speaking by my word, by my spirit. He is ready to put it into action. 
he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to be a fully surrendered vessel fit for his use. What is it in my heart? It wasn't sin. It was me and, and my worry or my fear or my desires about the things of this earth, the things that he had simply blessed me with. What was going to happen? I wanted control and I wasn't willing to give it all to the Lord. Until, you know, later on down the road, I started understanding. But this is what we're talking about tonight. God is searching the hearts of people and he wants us to be willing to be filled with this something new, with his greater glory, with his new wine. But is there something in our hearts? Is there anything that we're holding so tightly on to? The desire to have children or the desire to, to first finish college or the desire to get married. You know, before, you know, before, Lord, I give you everything, first I want to get married. First, I want to have a house. This is like a girl's checklist. First, I want to get married. First, I want to have a house. First, I want to have children. And Lord, and then after that, guess what? You just want to cling to those children. You just want to make sure they get married. You just want to make sure that they're healthy. So then be, you just continue and continue, and the list goes on and on about where your focus is and about what you're willing to give to him. God wants it all. He, I love the story of Abraham and Isaac. God asks him to give him the very thing that he waited so long for, the very promise. He even tried so hard to help God out, <laughs> messed up, but God was so faithful and continued to fulfill that promise. And then God asks him for the very thing he told him he would give him. He was just searching his heart. He was just seeing if he was willing to give it all in order for the fulfillment of the word to come to pass. What is God having you search out? Where is God telling you, you where, that you've been clinging on to? What is it you're clinging on to? What is it you have not let go of and given God complete control of? Ask yourself that. So God not us with new wine unless we're new wineskins unless we're a totally yielded vessel for his use. 2 Timothy 2.21. Therefore, if, I like this, if anyone, say that's me, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, and these are like the kinds of things I'm talking about. It could be sin or it could just be your unwillingness to let something go and let the control of it go. And Abraham's there is a good example. He was willing to let it go. If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. If you're willing to cleanse yourself, if you're willing to lose your life, for his sake, then you'll find real life. If you're willing to cleanse yourself, then, I love this, will be, you will be sanctified and ready, a vessel fit for the master to use you. But guess what? It's for everybody, but not everybody is willing to pay the price. That is the price. We seek 
and we pray and we cry out to God, Lord, I just want more of you. Lord, I want to be a vessel fit for your glory. I want to be a vessel fit for your use. Lord, I just want to usher in your greater glory. Lord, we just want to, to be used with miracle signs and wonders. And then he asked you to stop watching that TV program. Or then he asks you to minister to that person on the street when you're 15 minutes late for work already. Or then he asks you to donate or give the pair of shoes. Your shoes are really nice, by the way. <laughs> he asks you to donate the pair of shoes that you're wearing because somebody, just to bless somebody. Maybe they have shoes, but God knows that it would be a blessing to someone. I don't know why I'm just saying that. But are we being obedient? I don't want your shoes, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we're the same size. Are we being obedient to what it is the Lord's asking of us? Like I said, it's something different for each person. God knows what we're holding on to in our hearts. It could be a pack of cigarettes. It could be entertainment that he's not so pleased with online. It could be... Um, Walking in um, unforgiveness towards someone who's hurt you. What are you unwilling to give him? If you're calling out and crying out to God and you truly mean that song, which I believe you guys, you have a heart, you have a desire, you do want more of him and you do want him, you, you, do, you are telling the truth that nothing else matters, all you want is him. But he is asking do you really truly want that something new? Do you really want to be filled with my greater glory? Do you really want to be a vessel that's ready and fit for when I do this thing? If so, then ask him, Lord, search my heart, oh God. Show me where there's any hindrance. Show me what stands in your way. The Lord spoke to me. I asked him, Lord, where's the box top with me? Where have I, you know, hindered you in any way? And this is more recent, not, not the family thing, because I gave Clayton a long time ago to the Lord. <laughs> I gave my children to the Lord. I committed them to the Lord, and God has just blessed us, okay? But the Lord said with me, he's like, pointless agenda. You know how many lunch dates I could go to. I love lunch dates. Don't ask me to go to lunch, please, because I gave it to him. <laughs> I love coffee dates. I love talking to people. I love talking to people about the Lord. I love all of that. But you know how, many, how much that can fill my day? You know how much time that takes? And, and I love, if it's ministry, I love it. I love to, to get to know people and what God's doing in their lives. But if he's calling me and beckoning me to spend time with him and I'm filling my day with stuff, 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 that's what he was asking of me. Are you willing to give up the pointless agenda? Are you willing to allow me to lead and guide and direct your footsteps on a daily basis? For you, it might be something totally different. But in order to be that vessel fit for his use, we need to cleanse ourselves. We need to sanctify ourselves, allow God to prepare us for every good work. I, I said this already, but I'm going to give you the reference, Matthew 10, 39. He says, lay down your life for me and you'll find real life. 
If my desire is to have that something new, to be a part of that new thing that God's doing in this earth, and it has started, it has started. You can see pockets of it here and there where God is setting on fire the hearts and lives of people of God that are going out into the world and ministering and laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. It's starting, but it's not to the full potential yet. But he's asking for people to surrender their hearts, their lives, to lay down their lives, their agenda for his agenda. Lay down their lives and their purpose for his purpose. That's what the disciples did. They laid down, oh man, some of them even had wives to take care of. And he told them, let the dead bury their dead. Oh my goodness. They had things to take care of that were pretty important stuff. But yet he was seeing where they were at. Are they willing to really, truly, and I'm pretty sure he probably would let them go to the funeral then join up with them the next day. But he with Abraham was serious. And he, he was serious with me too. Am I willing to lay down my life and all that he has blessed me with to do what he's calling me to do? Until then, I'm not going to find the life that he has showed me, that he has for me. If you desire what God says in these last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all servants. And you're like, that is me. I want that. I'm one of those servants. I want to have those dreams. I want to have those visions. I want to have those revelations. I want to lay hands on the sick and I want to see them recover. I want to cast out devils. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. Well, guess what? The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he lives in you. And you can do all that stuff. But with this last great move of the spirit of God, this last great revival, what God wants to do is awaken the great giant that lives in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He wants to wake us up. And he wants to use you as a vessel of honorable use for his glory. But are you willing to lay your life down to find his life, his power, his anointing to work in and through you? Listen, the second thing that we need to realize is not just that it's something new and it could be uncomfortable or it could be, you know, if you're saying, yeah, I want to be used and all of a sudden you, you start walking in the power of God and it starts to be uncomfortable. It starts to be um, um, inconvenient. I was taking my kids, and I'm not going to go into the donut story. You might have heard it if you've been here a couple of years. But I was taking my kids to, to school, and I was grabbing them a donut. That's right. I'm a mom taking my kids in their carpool to school, and I stopped to get them a donut. And the Lord tells me, and I'm running late because I'm always running late, if anybody knows me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I got a hand out there. Um, anyways. I stop and get them a donut, and the Lord tells me to minister to someone. That's inconvenient, okay? But if you want to be used 
by that power that resides within you and you want to give God glory and see miracle signs and wonders, you're going to have to be willing to lay your life down, your agenda, that school day or whatever else is, whatever it takes in order to see that miracle. I got to see a major miracle that day. Thank you, Jesus. His mercy was on me because I left that place without following the vision that he gave me. And then when I was leaving, the Lord gives me the vision again. I was like, oh, Lord, that was you. I'm sorry. That wasn't enough. He's like, that's okay. I was like, oh, okay. He's good. She's still there. In other words, go ahead and go back. So guess what? I did, and the miracle still happened. The woman got instantly healed. Amen? She needed a new rotator cuff. What we're talking about is being willing to lay down whatever the cost. That's the second requirement. Laying down your life in order to find real life. Obedience is the key. I think about, and this is what I've been thinking about this week, Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3.26, Adam and Eve forfeited the presence, the glory, the power. They forfeited it for the knowledge of good and evil. So sad. How many people, though, on a daily basis, forfeit the presence of God for their own agenda, for their own plan, their own to-do list for sin, or maybe not sin, maybe just because you're clinging a little too hard to the things he's blessed you with. God's presence is here tonight. He is ready to use you if you'll give him everything you got. He is ready right now. It's not way in the distant future. It's right here, right now. If you lay your life down, you're going to find real life. He will use you. He will use you. Adam and Eve made a bad decision, and I'm glad it's in the Bible. It's for our learning. (laughs) They made a bad decision. They lost the glory. God had to clothe them with skins. They got booted out of living in the glory. Do you know that God called each one of us to live in that glory? He made a way, a new way, because he's doing something new today. And he's calling us back to live in the garden. He's calling us back to living in his manifest presence and glory. The train of his robe fills the temple and he was over on top of each and every one of us tonight. That's why there was just such a powerful praise and worship. Worship team is awesome, yet, hallelujah. But even when worship team is awesome, it takes the people being clothed with the glory to bring that powerful charge of the atmosphere. Amen? And so disobedience equals lack of the glory. So for many years, I wasn't yet willing, even though that was such a powerful time in Argentina. And man, the man who like had supernaturally raised the dead, 
a whole bunch of times. I knew it. I knew who he was. I can't remember his name right now, but I knew who he was. And he speaks to me and I go out under the power of God. No one laying hands on me. And God speaks to me and starts showing me things. And I wasn't yet willing to lose my life to find that life. But now is the time, guys. Now is the time. Are you ready to lay your life down? To find the life that he has called you to. It's a life clothed in his glory. It's a life clothed in his presence. We don't want to be like Adam and Eve. Sorry, Adam and Eve. We don't want to be like them and get kicked out and not live in the glory. We want to be what the Lord tells us to be. Let your light shine before men so they may know your Father in heaven. How are you going to shine if you don't have the glory of God on you? How are you going to shine if you're hiding under a bushel of sin? How are you going to shine if you won't let God into those places in your heart and you're unwilling to just release it to God? God's going to take care of you. That's why I didn't understand. I did, but I didn't. I was afraid. And that's what kept me. God wants you to give it all and he will give it all. (laughs) He says, if you'll seek him first, he'll add all these things onto you. Just don't need to worry about that stuff. That's what he told me when I said that. And he's like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of your family. I was worried about leaving them behind because I really truly believe what God has for me. But God has a place for the people in your life. But he, you're going to be so blessed. And I'm speaking to some major evangelists here tonight. You're going to be so blessed that you laid your life down and found the life that God has for you. You're going to be so blessed if you'll do it. It's a super small cost for the benefits of being used for his glory and for his kingdom. Amen? Let's look at David real quick, and then I'm going to call my brother up here to share. Psalms 51, let's turn. Psalms 51, 1 through 11. Again, another person we need to learn from. David. He lost the glory. He says... Have mercy on me, O God. Thank God his mercies are new every morning. We can be restored back to the glory. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion, and it haunts me day and night. Some of us... um, are living in condemnation and we can't get back to that place we were at with the Lord because we're holding ourselves in some kind of bondage to the sin that we've already repented from. It haunted David what he did. He knew when the Spirit of God left him. He knew what he did was wrong. And he's living in condemnation, okay? And just stay with me for a minute, okay? God's going to do something powerful tonight. He says... Against you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right 
in what you say and in your judgment against me. It's just. I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But Lord, you desired honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Lord, purify my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back, Lord, the joy that you have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins, God. Remove the stain of my guilt. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a royal spirit within me. Listen, it's sin that casted Adam and Eve out of the garden. It was disobedience. It's sin that casted David away from the presence of the Lord. He says, do not banish me from your presence, O God. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. If we want to be used by God, we want that greater glory, we want that new wine, that new thing that God's doing and be used by it, we're going to have to allow God to create in us a clean heart. We're going to have to allow him complete control of our lives and of every facet of our hearts. Amen? Isaiah 43, 19, and I can have the worship team come back up. Isaiah 43, 19 says, for I am about to do something, what? New. See, I have already begun. And we all said, we see it. We see it. See, I have already begun. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Once you know the presence of God, once you've been used by God, you don't want to lose it. Once you hear what God has for you, you don't want to go backwards because you're clinging so hard to the things that he's blessed you with. God wants to use each one of you in this last day. I will pour out my spirit upon all servants, young men, old men, young women, old women, You'll dream dreams. You'll have visions. You'll be used by God. But we need to be aware it's going to be different, something new. And we need to make sure our wineskins, our vessels are ready. Are you giving God everything? Everything that you got? Just say, dear Lord, Create in me a clean heart. Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Lord, I desire to be used by you. Search my heart, O God. Show me if there's anything in the way, anything that's hindering you from using me. I want to be a vessel fit for your use. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to invite my brother up to share what God showed him. Hallelujah. God's already shown me something else he's going to do tonight, too, so I'm excited. But Amen. Let's give Jenny a hand. It's a good message.
That was really good. Obedience. Obedience. Um, I believe God's doing something new in each and every one of our lives. God is, how many of, how many of you have used this time, this quarantine time, um, this self-isolated time as a time to reset? Reset your relationship with God. Any? Good. A good amount of you. That's good. Some of you had it going on the whole time, so before before the quarantine. But uh, yeah, I've been using that. I've been using this time for that, and uh, I believe God's doing is doing something new in each and every one of your lives, um, and that we just need, like Jenny said, we just need to be open to whatever God's going to do. He may do do things a certain way that we've never done them before, and uh, and we may ask why? Why is He doing it this way? Why is He doing it that way? We don't know. We just have to be obedient. Joshua and Jericho, right? Why do I have to march around the building, not talk, seven days, seven times on the seventh day? We don't know. We just be obedient to the word of the Lord. Jesus did what he saw the Father do. He spit in the ground, he made mud, and he put it in the guy's eyes, right? The blind man's eyes. Why did he do it? He was just being obedient to what he saw the Father do. Could he have maybe just healed him outright? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out someday. But being obedient to whatever the Lord's calling you to do, no matter what people think, maybe you're in ministry, no matter what other ministries think of your ministry or, or what you're doing, you just be obedient you know, to the Word of God and to what the Lord's calling you to do. I'm not saying that you have to get weird, although sometimes, I believe in all the weird stuff, you know. I always tell people, I try to be as normal and down to earth as possible, but I believe in all the weird, crazy, supernatural stuff too. So, um, I'm going to be, the ushers can start getting ready for the, we're going to be taking up an offering here in a second. And uh, I just encourage you guys to sow into this ministry, Revival MKE School of the Spirit. We're coming up on two years, and uh, we just have had a lot of uh, good fruit come out of this place. And we know that God's raising leaders here and, uh, and making a, a place available for people who may not go to uh, such spirit-filled churches who who press into the things of the Holy Spirit. Well, we give people an opportunity in the Milwaukee area to, to experience those things and, and to talk about the things of the Holy Spirit, the, the things of the supernatural. So I encourage you to give into this ministry. It's good fruit, it's good ground, and, uh, and it's a blessing. You know, it helps us to do all the things that we need to do. You know, we have, we have different worship every, every time. We, we promote events get shirts i don't know we just we do a lot of stuff and uh it's very helpful but um yeah i love i love what jenny's saying uh, we have to learn to be obedient we have to give up the things that god wants us to give up but i also i also know that we have to get uncomfortable sometimes you guys know that if you're going to be used by god like right now i'm uncomfortable i don't like public speaking but i'm comfortable out in the streets but I've taught myself to be comfortable with uncomfortable situations. It's not always comfortable, you know, telling somebody about Jesus on the street, you know? You're just going up to a random street to talk to them. 
and uh, it's not always comfortable but we have to become comfortable with uncomfortable situations if you want to be used by God and know that, like Jenny said, like the spirit of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, the Holy Spirit. And any day, any time of the week, you want to go out and tell some about Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inside of you to back you up. The word of God will not return void. If you pray for a healing, somebody's gonna get healed. If you pray for somebody to get set free of anxiety, depression, fear, they're going to get set free. And you can just, you can, you can put that down in the books. I believe it. And uh, so I just encourage you guys to, I heard this on Caleb once. There's no comfort in growing zones and there's no growing in comfort zones. Come on, Caleb. Woo! Can I get an amen? Amen. But uh, so let's get uncomfortable. Let's get radical for Jesus. And let's press in. Let's go deep. Give him everything you have. Give up the show, you know, the TV shows. But most of all, uh, one thing I like to do, since Jenny encouraged so much in the giving up of stuff, I'll encourage you in stepping out. Into, stepping out. Anytime you step out your doors to go to a public place, like a grocery store, like she says, she went to the donut shop. I'm saying if you go to the grocery store or anywhere, just when you walk out your front door, say, God, I'm available, you know, and just be open. If you want God to use you, you have to walk with him. And just be open to his voice and open to his voice speaking to you. I'm going to pray over the offering. And then uh, I'm going to share my dream with you guys. And uh, we'll all participate in that. So, all right, dear, Father, uh, dear Father God, yes, I love this mic. Thank you, Lord. Dear Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for this wonderful worship team and, and all, of, uh, all of the people here tonight, Lord. We just pray a blessing upon them, Lord. We thank you that uh, you bless the giver and the gift, Lord, that you multiply it to their accounts, Lord, that uh, we don't give to get, but Lord, we get to give, and everything belongs to you. Everything good belongs to you, Lord. Our lives belong to you. Our finances belong to you. Our fruits belong to you. Our fields belong to you, God, and we just give you glory and praise, and we just pray a supernatural blessing. Eve, see, that's one of the weird things I believe. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel, but I do believe God honors and blesses a cheerful giver. So God, I just pray blessing and honor and just open doors and open heavens over, over the, the people who are giving tonight, cheerfully giving and not grudgingly giving, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take up the offering, then I'm going to share my dream with you. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. Check one, two, test, test, test.
switch it. Hello, check, check, check. We got to get some new mics up in here. All right, I'm going to... Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Check, check. I'll try this one again. I'm just going to share my dream real quick with you. Me and Jenny always joke around that, uh, you know, I get visions, and then lately I've been getting dreams. And so I'm kind of, you know, old men dream dreams, and young men see visions. So I'm kind of in the middle there. I'm getting older. I won't tell you my age, but if you know me, I'm getting up there. So, um, Just this past Sunday night, Monday morning, um, I had a dream. I had a dream. And uh, I have been having quite a few dreams. I had a dream last night, too. and uh, But I've been having some dreams. And what was my dream? <laughs> no, Sunday night. Okay, so I remember what it was now. Um, and I, I had, Jenny hadn't asked, I don't think Jenny had asked me to, to close the service yet, but um, I had a dream. She got done with the, uh, the service and she handed me the mic and to close a service. If, if you've been around for a while, you know that I've, I've closed services before for her. Um, but she handed me the mic and immediately in the dream, I called up for a prayer line. And so in this prayer, if you know what a prayer line is, it's, you know, when people line up for prayer, for healing or deliverance or whatever the case may be. So I called up for a prayer line, and then as I went to minister to one person, I, I the next thing I know, I look up and everybody's, like, ministering to each other. And so that was, that was pretty cool. Um, it was just, I, th- I believe the dream was just like a, a word of knowledge, a vision. Uh, a dream is like a vision, but when you're asleep. So so what, what we've learned is to act out visions and act out dreams. Um, so what I am going to do, what, I, what we are going to do is we're going to act it out. Um, I saw everybody ministering to each other. Um, I am going to invite, if anybody um, needs prayer for anything. Actually, I want to call out, um, if anybody has... And I'm just, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and call something out. Um, If anybody has like bad circulation in like their lower legs, um, is that anybody? You, 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 anybody else? You, back there. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You. Okay. Anybody else? Well, Thank God. That was actually my dream that I had last night. I, what was really cool about it is I saw this this lady with a, a skeleton foot, you know, like bones. And then I saw myself pray for her. And then as I saw my as I prayed for her, I saw a vein, and I saw the blood start to flow. And then I, I started praying for her again, and then the blood started flowing healthily. And then the the flesh covered up uh, covered up the. F- the leg the lower leg and she was she was standing there you know happy and and healed and restored and uh, i thought that was pretty cool um it was kind of like an x-ray you know it was like god showed me this person and then i prayed and then i saw the veins and then uh and then today i was i was as i was praying i was like oh that was an x-ray it wasn't like a super creative miracle which i'm expecting in the future where god's going to give people new the maimed will be made whole but uh, I'm going to go ahead and call up those people who, uh, who needed prayer for circulation. 
and God's gonna God's gonna do a work for you. Jenny's got a. As we as we do that, also, um, as we're ministering to these people up here, come up come up front and get in the line here. As we're doing that, I want you guys as part of acting out.